Good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Wednesday, June 22nd, 2022. And our top story today, retired Americans are returning to the workforce amid rising wages and inflation. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more is Ismat Mangla, executive editor for Magnify Money. Isma, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to, great to have you. And this is a very interesting study, and I want to break it down over the course of these next two segments. But let's talk about retirees age 65 and older returning to work. First, who are these individuals and why are they returning to work? Well, that's a really good question. Um, So what we did at Magnify Money was take a look at U.S. Census Bureau data from uh, the Household Pulse survey that they do to sort of examine what the labor environment looks like for older Americans. And we're defining older Americans as ages 65 and up. And what we found was that back in 2020, um, about 19.5% of American 65 and older were in the workforce still, right, working. We found that by the time we got around to 2022, that number had jumped all the way up to about 22%. So about two two percentage points. So what that Mm -hmm. means, what that's telling us is that there are more Americans 65 and up in the workforce than there were, you know, a couple of years ago. Does that mean that they're just staying in the workforce or returning? We don't have clear breakdown of that. So it could be that some folks went back into the workforce and it could just be that some folks like turned 65 and then stayed in the workforce. Right. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 it's really hard to figure out. You can't get into everyone's mind. But I mean, a couple of themes here. (laughs) Yeah. Not yet, at least. Maybe that's the future of polling is to be able to meet reminds. I don't know. But or surveys. But uh (laughs) You know, what's interesting is we're going through, obviously, a very challenging financial and economic time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Inflation, high prices, you know, in the form of gasoline, food prices. I I would imagine, and I'm just drawing an example here, that maybe maybe people don't feel comfortable um, just checking out completely and going sitting on the back lawn, rolling in the uh, sitting in the um, in the rocking chair with a grandkid. Right. I mean, maybe they they feel like they got to They got to produce. Well, I think there are several potential reasons. We we have not surveyed these folks to find out exactly, you know, why they're still in the workforce or returning to the workforce. But let's look at the sort of, you know, larger environment and, and we can have some clues there. So, as you know, uh, like you said, inflation has been just skyrocketing and everything costs more. It costs more to fill up your gas tank. It costs more to fill up your fridge for groceries. Um So it may be just a matter of necessity where folks feel like they just need to work a little bit more in order to keep, you know, to maintain their lifestyle. Um, But we also noticed, obviously, that in 2020, you know, unemployment spiked to almost 15 percent. By 2022, the same time period, um, unemployment was down to a low of like around 3.5, 3.6%. So what that tells us is that, you know, 
it's it's a very competitive labor market and wages have really, really risen accordingly. So, you know, higher pay and higher inflation, those two things coupled together may just make it more attractive for folks to stay in the workforce or go back back into the workforce. And then let's not forget the big elephant in the room as well, which is that, you know, the stock market hasn't been doing great exactly. Yeah. And folks, you know, have their 401k and their retirement accounts affected. And so they might feel the need to, you, to, you know, combat that by, by just having to work a little bit wrong, a long, work a little bit longer. Yeah. I, I agree with you on all, all fronts. And we don't know if these people are going back to their old jobs or if they're taking new jobs, you know, with one of the things about retirement, and I want to talk about retirement on the back end of the, of the next commercial after the commercial break. But mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts about this and that people may be coming back. Maybe they have a lifelong passion to work for some type of not-for-profit or they want to be a, I don't know, they want to be a football coach, a high school football coach. I mean, people, 60, age 65 is, is not the same as it was even 20 or 30 years ago. Absolutely I mean, I'm, not. Right? Absolutely not. I mean, look, we are living to 85, 90, whatever years old. I mean, a lot of folks, I think actively choose not to retire or continue working because they just want to stay active in whatever field they're in, or maybe they want to try a different uh, career. So, you know, we've, we've talked to people who've said that, that they, they don't, they don't want to just do like, you know, just have like a relaxing retirement. They want to stay like mentally uh, challenged. Not that you can't do that without working. Obviously you can, but um, some folks just, you know, like the idea of, of, of keeping up with their career. Um, one thing that we did find was that the percentage of older workers who are employed by sort of private companies, nonprofits, family businesses, um, that percentage ticked slightly upward over the past two years. And then what was really interesting is that the percentage of uh, 65 and up workers who were employed by the government fell significantly. So it was around hmm. 15% back in 2020, and now it's only about 10%. So, um, you know, I, if you remember in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, um, employers really tried to entice a lot of older workers to retire in order to sort of trim their payroll costs. And I think the government workers were really no exception. Um, So, 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 and they might not, you know, just, I'm not sure why they are, they're not in government jobs as much anymore, but that could be a factor that, that there was a lot of um, encouraged retirement. But the other thing, the other stat that I found really interesting was that, 26% 26% of Americans 65 or older are self-employed more than any other age cohort. So older Americans are working for themselves in big numbers. Um, compare that with fewer than 10% of workers younger than 40 are self-employed. So that tells me maybe folks are going into business for themselves or, you know, finding another career where they're, where they're able to make money, but, you know, not have to answer to like a big corporation or the government. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I mean, if you're going to do it and you have some money put away, whether it's in your 401k, mm-hmm. it's probably a good time to do it when you're close to or at retirement. Ismat, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the definition of retirement, how it's changing, and also some tips if you're going to go back to work at age 65 or older, you're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. 
Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Hopefully now you're interested in investing in stocks, which we at The Motley Fool believe is the single best way for folks like you and me to gain what could be truly life-changing wealth. That's why today we've got a special offer for new members. Since the service started, our average stock pick has returned over 600%, and that's over four times the return of the S&P 500. Don't regret not taking action right now. Just enter your email to get started. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Ismut Mangla. She's executive editor for Magnify Money. Ismut, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Yeah, this is a fun conversation. Yeah, this is a this is a real good one. I think, and I want to kind of something that you hinted towards in some of your remarks is I think the definition, and, and maybe I said it maybe originally, the definition of retirement's changing. It's no longer age sixty five and you just shut down and you know you live, live like ten more years and you're done. How we think about retirement is very different from even five or ten years ago. Absolutely. I mean, I think a lot of folks are fi finding retirement as an opportunity to have some kind of like hybrid work in retirement type of situation, right? Maybe they don't want to work full time, but a lot of folks want to continue working part time. Or like we talked about earlier, you know, launching that business or consulting, uh, you know, kind of opportunity or, or doing freelance work or something like that, where they're still participating in the workforce, but, you know, in a different way. Um, so absolutely, I think people can reimagine retirement to be sort of what they want it to be. Yeah. And it's, and I think, look, I, I work remotely. I think a lot of people work remotely uh, and that's great, but also being able to go into the office or the workplace and, and engage with people and, and also engage with different generations. I think it's, it's great when, as a more mature person, I can talk to our younger generations and get some ideas from them. And vis-a-vis, -vis, they can get some ideas from me. So I think, Absolutely. I, I think yeah. that is a, a great part of this multi-generation workforce that we're seeing, multi-generational workforce that we're seeing. Absolutely. Look, you know, people who have been in the workforce 
for a, for a while can offer a lot of wisdom to uh, newer, younger workers, right? Um, what we're seeing here in the pandemic too is that so many more people are working remotely and a lot of younger folks are saying, hey, we're not getting that time in the office that we need to really pick up some of those things that you really do pick up when you're just working with people who are who have been around for a little bit longer than you. So yeah. definitely there's um, there's benefit there. And then, of course, I think, you know, working with younger workers um, can help older workers learn a lot, too. It's it's a, it's a really like, I think, a symbiotic relationship. There is so much that really is the intent of how generations learn from each other. And we had this unique opportunity where we've got all these generations from the boomers to my gen, gen X to, to gen Z, gen Y. That's a lot of information that can get passed back and forth. Imagine what we can do um, if we're all kind of working together. Last question, we've got a couple minutes left, but I wanna give people some tips. If you're thinking about reentering the workforce and these could be tips for, hey, you know, you quit your job, now you're coming back in maybe in, in the last six to 12 months, but also, hey, it's been a couple of years since you've been in the workforce. What are some things people need to be thinking about if they're getting re-engaged in today's work environment? I think one of the biggest things folks should really do is kind of get up to speed on some of the sort of online tools that are just really the the standard now for for job searching, for job applications. So I think number one, like get your LinkedIn profile into really good shape. And if you're not sure how to do that, um, you know, like you said, enlist someone who you may know that uh, is a little bit younger and has a profile and can kind of walk you through it because so many employers are now looking um, and offering applications right through LinkedIn. And it's a really great way to network. So I think that's really important. Um, so, and also you want to make sure that you have a resume and cover letter sort of online and ready to go and be able to apply for jobs online. And that'll really broaden your sort of potential pool of jobs. Um, the other thing that I would suggest is trying to sort of, um, you know, age discrimination is a real thing. Let's be, yeah. let's be real. Um, but I think there are ways that older job seekers can sort of age proof their resumes. Um, for example, you probably don't need to list every single job that you've had since, you know, you graduated from college. You can kind of give the most recent job experience on your resume. Um, you can remove graduation dates, but then you can also like highlight those things that you've gotten because you've been in the workforce for a while. You can market your sort of mentoring skills when you're applying and interviewing for new jobs. So there's a lot you can do to make your resume sort of more attractive, you know, to employers. Cause a lot of employers are just screening these, right? Like even like with algorithms. So you want to kind of understand what they're, what they're looking for when they're looking at, at resumes. The other thing I would say is that it's never too late in your career to learn new skills or pursue, you know, a slightly different industry. Um, there's a lot of jobs that you can find that sort of may appeal to older workers who want to work on a part-time schedule, perhaps, um, where you could possibly get a certification for. Um, but also just, you know, the internet makes it possible to learn so many new skills. Uh, so I would say look at sites like LinkedIn that offer things like LinkedIn learning um, or other courses online that might help you polish up some skills uh, to bring that you can sort of couple with your previous experience and, you know, kind of get into a new lane, so to speak. 
Yeah, really, really great tips. And I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. You got to know how to get your resume to the right people to make that decision. Get past those, past those algorithms that do some filtering. Well, we're going to have to leave it there. Ismat, great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thanks so much. It's been really fun. Thanks. That wraps up this episode of BRN AM. Have a topic of interest, somebody you think we should talk to. Drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest security news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives? Check out our latest content. Well, visit our website. That's www.broadcastretirementnetwork.com. And, of course, our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRN AM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited? And do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The Tax Doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a tax doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.